When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Wise Men Say, a Hull City podcast. My name is John and joining me as always is my co-host Alex. Hi Alex, how are you doing? Hi John, good evening, yeah I'm good thanks, how are you? Yeah I'm okay thanks, obviously considering the week we've just had in terms of results, I'm pretty upbeat uh, and looking forward to tonight's episode as well. We're joined by a guest that some of you who are active on all of the Hull City forums and, and Twitter maybe already aware of. I'd like to welcome on to the show Bobby Hadcraft. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm doing really well, thanks. How are you two? Yeah, great to have you on. Really excited. I'm as well. I'm just as excited. I mean, it's been, you know, something that's been organised over the last few weeks, but I'm glad it's finally been arranged. Yeah, good stuff. And, and Alex would, would label it a shrewd signing as he's labelled a lot of our transfers uh, on this show. So yeah, we've got a good, good new signing to uh, discuss all things Hull City with as well. And the first thing we're going to look at is our feature for all of our guests. Um, Alex, with his surname being Wood, has labelled this feature Woody's Questions. And in this, he'll basically ask you some quick fire questions. I'll let Alex go into it because he sort of introduces it really well. Yeah, thank you, John. And before I start Woody's Questions, I just, um, for the listeners, Bobby, do you want to just tell us a bit about your background and uh, and sort of where you come from and, and all that jazz? Well, I was born in Hull. Um, I've lived here all my life. Um, I'm actually meant to be in Manchester at the moment. That's the only time I've actually ventured out of the city. Um, naturally, I've supported my local club. Not everyone does that. I mean, at school, I was actually one of the few Hull City fans because I went to school in Hauntsey. There's a lot of Man United fans, but I've always been raised to support the Tigers. Um, my mum got into it because my parents aren't from Hull. They're from Lancashire. So, they, I mean, my mum should have really been a Burnley fan. But um, she got into football when she moved to the city. Then my dad got involved. And then we just kind of grew up going to all the games. Um, we, I, I followed the um, like Hull City with um, when they were in the Euros. We went to Lochran. I've been all over, really. Um, I've been going to more and more away games as the seasons have progressed. And 
you know, I did a full, I did the full sweep the other season, but obviously that's not 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 even remotely possible this year. Yeah, great stuff. And yeah. what do you do? What do you do in your spare time? Work. I'm not going to lie; it's been um, very busy at the moment. I think the last lockdown, I didn't do a lot, um, because obviously there wasn't a lot to do. I was at uni full time um, when lockdown hit, and then now it's literally I'm working. I'm working a great job though, because obviously I'm studying journalism, so. I'm a correspondent for a local paper. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I'm doing some volunteering tomorrow. I've start, I'm, I'm starting picking up that um, at the vaccination centres. Um, but other than that, it's just watching the football at the weekend with a beer. <laughs> so. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great so to have you So you said you mentioned you was at UN. Right, I've spoken over that. Uh, yeah, great to have you on with that journalism side of things as well. So we'll be able to see it from a journalist's point of view, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> So sorry, yeah, sorry, John. Um, yeah, Bobby, you mentioned you was at uni. What are you studying? Um, journalism. Yeah. So that's why the job fits. Yeah, and whereabouts really. are you studying? Um, UN ninety two. So <laughs> it's it's um, I'm the first. Well, one of the first students at a brand new uni. It's the branded the Gary Neville Uni, but it's the class of ninety two. Um, five of them have kind of come together, sorted the uni out. <laughs> um, but it's in partnership with Lancaster University, so I'll get a Lancaster University degree. Um, but it's it's really good. Like I've really enjoyed it. It's been, it was a bit of a gamble, really, going to a brand new uni because like not often you get the opportunity to do that. But I've yeah. taken it in my stride, and it's it's been enjoyable so far. Oh wow! Oh good. And have you met the Nevilles and all them them folk? I've met Gary. Yeah, I, mean, I met some of them at the opening night. But I, I was too scared to talk to him. I was a bit starstruck. But like Gary, I, I can talk to normally now because I mean we've done quite a few like uni promos with him, and he's just so down to earth. <laughs> Oh wow, fascinating! Wow, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real nice guy. Any reaction to that, John? Just yeah. Obviously, Alex, you know how much I um I buzz off Gary Neville and uh, his his punditry. So that's that's good too. Uh, that's great to hear, and that is such a nice down to earth guy as well. Because they usually say never meet your heroes, don't they? But that's uh that's a good story in that sense. Uh, yeah, nice positive message. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I would like to get more involved with them, but obviously with lockdown, it's a bit impossible. Yeah, I mean, I'd hope that, because um, like the uni sold itself off a lot of kind of industry experiences, but at the moment, the furthest you can get is a Zoom call. So, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, hopefully that all comes back yeah. when this is all over. Yeah, brilliant. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you're ready, Bobby, we'll go straight into Woody's questions. Okay, so um, what what's the um, kind of idea behind this? Right, so basically it's five Hull City-related questions. But what I want you to do, Bobby, is just try and uh, give the first answer that comes to your head. So this is why I don't give the guests the questions okay. uh, before the show, because it's great to get those off-the-cuff answers, you know, just whatever comes to your head first. Okay. Okay? <laughs> yeah. First question. Earliest Hull City moment or memory? Right. So my earliest memory was when we played. It was like a cup game ages ago. I want to be able to tell you what year, but one of my earliest memories, because it was when my mum worked at the fire brigade and we got like tickets. This is when I was really young and and she got free tickets. So this would have been one of my first games. So it was like a cup game. And we brought my nan, who honestly, I don't think she ever goes to football games, but you know, she she was quite. Um, she passed away last year, unfortunately. But um, she, she's she's quite well dressed, and obviously she doesn't really get the concept of a football match. 
And one, she was gagging for a cigarette the whole game, which was funny enough. But she wore the away team's colours. So that was the, that was my first memory. <laughs> Just being embarrassed. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah. Great answer. You, were, you wouldn't get away with that in E1, would you? Wearing the away team's colours if you were sat right in the uh, far e- northeast corner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. I don't know how family friendly this is, but um, yeah, should, they'd be saying that my nan had chlamydia and everything. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> God. I like Sotham. <laughs> Second question. Favourite Hull City goal, but I do allow goals if you can't just pick one. See, I feel like that's as a quick fire answer. You just say something like really basic, like the Diarmi girl in the re- most recent playoff final for the Prem. Um, but I'm trying to think of a more un- unorthodox one. Maybe when Chris Martin scored at Norwich away when we lost three two, because it was just such a shock that he actually managed to put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> yeah, yeah, through that. To be fair, yeah, yeah, it was that his only goal. For us, and perhaps his only goal ever in football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't actually think it actually happened. I think it's just one of them. I probably just dreamt about it, and I made up. I just pretended that it happened. Yeah, it's probably, it probably yeah, a clear. Sorry, probably the question. <laughs> the question was favorite Hull City goals. We asked you not to make something up. That's all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm cheating. I'm sorry, guys. I'm banned. <laughs> right, question three. Favourite Hull City manager? See, I'm torn. I've got two. And, and they're both really recent as well. Because I loved, like, Leonid Slutsky. Because, but that's because of the memes. And because he was just such a character. Like, that Christmas video that came out recently, that was amazing. Oh. And obviously, other than that, it was Nigel Atkins, who, again, <laughs> he's just so positive and, he's, and still on social media. He's so active. But he also really, like, when I'd see him outside the ground, he'd always have a chat with the fans. He'd, he'd even remember your name. But, oh nice! Yeah. So yeah, sorry if um, Mike Feeling's listening. Uh, you f- you didn't go to Hull Fair on your bike, so you don't make the cup for the favourite managers, unfortunately. Anyone who skips the waltzers isn't on my list. <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> yeah, what a character! What a character! Yeah. And yeah, Nigel Adkins. Like, I, I met him once um, at one of my work's Christmas do. He was there at the charity event. And yeah, just such a humble guy, and he just would talk to anyone. So I was gutted when he left, personally. I know, and he was doing so well at the time. It, it, that one really upset me. I remember I was at, like, when the news broke, I couldn't believe it because I think I've been, um, I used to always follow my brothers when they went, like, like played so, um, tournaments on Sundays because they both, like, play for non league sides. And, uh, I, I remember checking my phone because I was talking to one of the dads who's a Leeds fan and saying, oh, we've got Nigel Atkins, we'll be fine. But, then he got sacked, and I was, well, he didn't got yeah, he didn't get sacked, but um, he obviously parted, and it was gutting. It, it was it was absolutely devastating because he was one of my favourites. But yeah, yeah, such a shame. Favorite Hull City player? Mm, you know what? I this one is hard because I always have a favourite player. Last year it was De Silva Lopez, and he broke my heart when he swapped shirts at Wigan. Um, now it's Matt Ingram. But if I was going to say one, like, kind of off the cuff um, in the past, I'd probably say Curtis Davis. Yeah. Just because he, he was just, yeah. like like you say, he was the most down-to-earth guy. I always picture that photo um, at the FA Cup final when he was crying 
and um, it was it was Prince William from Solanum, and that that just is that'll stay in my mind forever. Just yeah, so top professional. Um, there was a story I said about him on another podcast actually. When um, we I used to coach one of the the boys of my football team. He lived in North Newbold, and he kicked a ball over his fence. And he, he went with his dad. He was like, "Dad, I've kicked the ball over." And he went to the next door neighbor, knocked on the door. Curtis Davis under, uh, answered the door, and he was like, "Oh my word!" Like, Curtis Davis, and he said, "Oh, I'll come round." And he, he had a cookabout with him and his dad in the garden. Um, and it's just you know that sort of humble guy, down to earth character. Um, and yeah, just a real. I, I probably said this joke on the last time I, I said it, but he probably didn't concede a goal either. Uh, really solid defender, great guy, just amazing professional, and someone really that you, you know. You look at Jacob Greaves now and players like that. You hope that they sort of follow in those footsteps. Really, being a top top pro. You do, and obviously, like it's even better when they're all local lads. Um, but I have no doubt. I think we've got a really humble side at the moment. I think they're all really down to earth lads. We had a couple of bad eggs last season um, who weren't really helpful. Um, you know, I don't want to name drop. I think we know who I'm talking about. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously obsessed with him. Um, but the only thing I thought about then, just back to the managers, I know I don't want to go backwards, but when you were saying went in someone's garden, I was thinking it's a good job he didn't get the ball in the tree. And instead of Curtis Davis, it was Leonid Slutsky trying to get out the tree and then having a career and changing injury by falling out of the tree. Well, he would, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Mad for it. <laughs> yeah. He saved the cat once and bless him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Final question. Best player you've seen play against us? Play against us? Oh, that's a really hard one. Um, Good question, this one. That is hard because... I'm I'm like honestly so glass half full. I only really care about us. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and think. I've never been asked that question before. Um, it's exclusive this one to wise men say. You see, I know. Like you probably put me on the spot. I mean, you put me on the spot four times, but from this fifth time, it's a bit hard. Um, I'm trying to think. Sorry, I'm, I'm, you're going to have to be like three hours later. Um, <laughs> That's all right. I'm trying to think recently. I'll tell you what, Bobby. Yeah? I'll give you a different style question. Go on then. Best performance you've seen in a Hull City shirt? Best performance in a Hull City shirt? Single-handedly. Um, let me think. But then I'd, I'd just probably go back to one of our most iconic performances and say something like Dino in 2008. <laughs> and that's yeah. a proper boring answer. It's not really, though, is it? You can have it. Yeah, you can have it. Really random one, right? I've got one. Tuba Rack Palm against Berry. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Shout. There you go. He's balling now in the championship, isn't he? So. He is. I'm buzzing for him, but... I always you, you always think of those players that get learned from you know the big parent clubs that maybe they'll have a real massive career, but they always end up at lower league sides. It's a shame when they get like, kind of the herps up in those higher league academies. But yeah, yeah, true. The first one I thought from that was probably Fraser Campbell, and thought he's gonna. And then he went to Tottenham the season after, so we thought he's gonna kick on now. And he sort of never quite got there, did he? With it, but decent player still, of course, decent career, but. Yeah, I thought he was going to be top top player, a bit like a Greenwood sort of player now. But yeah, yeah, it's all circumstantial, yeah, isn't it? Um, sorry, what were you saying? I was uh, the one I think of was Bostock 
because he, do you remember when he signed for us and scored like from 30 yards? And I was like, oh, this kid's going places. Yeah, and then he went to Belgium to play. Yeah. <laughs> Poor league, that, innit? Well, at least when some get the ferry to Belgium, Netherlands, etc., some come yeah. back. Max Park. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, well done, Bobby. I'll give you to the end of the show to think of a best player that you've seen against okay. us. There we go. Right. And that's a, that's a good teaser as well. For listeners, make sure you, you listen to the full episode and don't fast forward to the end. Uh, and but you, you may want to fast forward through the past week's performances, but we're going to review them anyway. Uh, it's not been the, the greatest week in our season so far, but hopefully it's a, it's a week that we can definitely reflect and learn from. You know, given the, the Portsmouth performance a couple of weeks ago, then, you know, you feel like you're taking a couple of steps forward, then you go backwards again. But we will look at it. Um, we will start off with our game on Saturday against bottom of the league. I'm not sure if they are now, but at the time, Burton Albion. So, Alex, have you got the team now? Do you want me to go through the team? Uh, I'll just give you the changes if you want, John. Yeah, so... yeah that's absolutely fine. Yeah, so from I'm going to give you the changes from the Swindon game because okay. we played Lincoln in between, didn't we? But that was a cup game. So yeah. from the Swindon game, there was just one change and Alfie Jones uh, uh, was left out in favour of Smallwood returning. Okay, right. So um, I'll come to you first, Bobby. Uh, what were your, your thoughts on the game and obviously the result and the performance itself? I think it was one where... I kind of went on, like I say, I'm always on social media, um, embarrassingly. Um, but I think it's one where I came on after and it was obviously a flurry of neg- negativity. Um, obviously, a lot of people calling for McCann's head. Um, but watching the game, I didn't think we kind of gave Burton enough credit because obviously we know they're you know, very blatantly bottom of the league and they've had a terrible run of form. Um, but they've had... They, they, they signed nine players in the window and they've got a new manager. So I think we did take it for granted. And something that I've always said in this league, we can't afford complacency. I think that's the worst trait to have. And I just don't think we we should enough. Going 1-0 down, we didn't show enough after that. And I think any other side, um, someone mentioned, and I, I, do, I do agree, I think we obviously deserve the, the position we're in, but well, although half of it, um, you know, if, if you did it on points per game now, if the season stopped, we wouldn't be in the automatic places. Um, but I just think that we haven't really grafted for those results when it does matter in, in games like this. We've had a few um, poor results against lower um, bottom of the table sides, and I just don't think we can take them for granted. I think it's great when obviously we had a great result against Doncaster. We've we got a, a decent point last night. It's not ideal. Um, I mean, you'd be wanting to take three points from that, but obviously we're going to talk about that next. But I just don't think we can take these um, bottom of the league sides for granted, especially because they're fighting for it. It's that time in the season now where they want to be turning things around and Burton want to survive. So I think it's disappointing, but credit credit where it's due to Burton. Yeah. And do you think that then is down to our sort of performances against lower league team, uh, lower level teams in our league? Do you think that's down to more the experience of the young side? rather than the attitude. Because like you said before, they're quite, they are quite humble. Uh, they're a humble group of players, aren't they? So I think maybe, is it an age thing, potentially, experience thing? It could be an age thing. I think when you think about the lads in the academy, um, some of the ones that have come up, they're all on kind of a level playing field. They're all, you know, 
younger lads, because a lot of them will have only been playing for the under-23s quite recently. Um, but when you're a team like Burton, you're, you know, they've, they've probably, they've been battling all season. And the young lads in our team, they've got this kind of attitude where we are pushing for the top. Um, so obviously with kind of with Burton, like especially going to Burton when they used to the kind of pitches like that, the young lads are kind of used to more, more kind of performance hubs, a bit like the one then at University of Hull. Um, and I just think they had the edge on us on Saturday. And I think yeah. that's that's quite simply, I, I agree we weren't good enough, but I also, um, back to the management rather than the players, we didn't adapt to to kind of challenge their style of play. They, they were, you know, it was impossible to get into the box. We were playing a long ball game, and it was a, it was a very, very unattractive football to watch on Saturday from our from our um, approach. Yeah, um, Alex, what are your thoughts on the on the result as well? And I've I just noticed looking at the, the the stats as well, not even registering a single shot on target, but in register, registering two shots on target. So fine margins. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I agree with Bobby, to be fair. Um, I'm always quite, when games finish and we hit with a bad result, and especially when you concede later on, it can be easy to sort of go, well, City were rubbish and all this and that, and McCann out and all that jazz. But on reflection, you can sort of think about the game and you actually can think better and Clearly had a game plan, yeah, uh, and executed it really well, and made it, made things really tough for us, uh, especially going forward. Um, so yeah, I agree with Bobby. Credit where credit's due, and as I've said about a few teams in this league, and this league is quite a punishing league. If you, I don't think they do it on purpose, but I do think they sort of take teams for granted, and I think um, the fans do as well because the fans are always quick to criticise City and. I don't see many of them give a lot of credit to opposition. Um, and, you know, Burton are obviously fighting for their survival now. I mean, just looking at the table, they are still quite a few points off adrift. But yeah. if they've made that Manning's new manager, you know, they're, they're obviously got a fresh start. So all got points to prove. And yeah, they, they did a job on us, to be fair. Smash mm. and grab. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, you know, I think maybe we're a little bit guilty of that sometimes as well. When we obviously we're, we are a pretty positive podcast, but when you look and you're previewing the games, one of our one of our co-hosts, not mentioning any names, might go for a little four nil win in the prediction section just beforehand. So who knows? But um, yeah, it's it's quite <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's quite easy just to think with the football that we can play, and especially the results against Portsmouth, for example, that we can just. You know, we have the talent to certainly produce results like that, but it's easier said than done when you're fighting in League One. And um, like I said, Burton, a uh, great point, Bobby. They're fighting for their lives. They've won two in five now, and they've made a lot of new signings. I didn't know that until I listened to Humberside on on the weekend, and and they sort of gave us that information as well. So, so yeah, disappointing result. I mean, again, I, I literally looked away from the from my phone um, and the TV for a couple of minutes, and then I looked again, and that was it. Because I thought 90 minutes, I was like. Oh, to draw, disappointing result, but it's a point. Looked again, one nil. So I was like, brilliant. I've missed the goal, and obviously we've lost the game. So moving on swiftly to to Lincoln, and we were obviously looking at the game with the cup defeat previously to try and get a little bit of revenge. We thought we could maybe change the team up a little bit. Are there any changes, Alex, from the the team that had played Burton? Uh, 
Yeah, three changes from that game, John. Uh, Ingram came in. in the defence remained the same. However, they brought Emmanuel in in the field um, in replace of um, Smallwood. And McGuinness came in for play. Now, um, I received a message from you, Alex, just as that team got announced last night, saying that McCann must have been listening to the podcast as we suggested Emmanuel could play in midfield. So, I mean, we didn't get the win, Grant, but you, you are welcome to credit us if, if that is the case. Um, Bobby, what was your, your thoughts on the on the, the draw with Lincoln City? Well, first, I won't advertise that, you've got, that you're free. They'll have you in. They'll <laughs> have you in to make some changes. But... Um, I thought it was the perfect example. Like, honestly, right, first of all, I don't think a point is a bad result. I really don't. Um, especially after last week. Other, you know, I was obviously gutted about last week. We're normally decent on penalties, but we've lost two shootouts this season. But we've had our fair, our fair share of penalty shoots, shootouts yeah. this season. Um, but just, I, I was looking at the stats this morning and 15 shots we had, none on target. Doesn't that just sum up how, un, like, our lack of, like the ability to be clinical at the moment. And it's a shame because I do think we've got some brilliant forwards. But McGuinness has just been off it recently. He was off it against Burton. And I really highly rate him. I always rated him above Eves. And I'm gutted at kind of the whole Eves situation. I know he's, he's not playing at the moment. But, um, you know, I think he could have done a lot better in this league the, the times we have been able to see him play. But McGuinness hasn't really stepped up to it. And it does make you think, Maybe should we have looked more closely at a striker in the window? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, we were talking about this. Um, I think it was last night, Alex, with our friend who's been on the podcast as well. And you know, looking at a striker may have been such a you know, obviously getting Crowley was quite a, a nice signing for us, but we have got quite a lot of creative-minded players. Maybe that striker was something that we needed. And um, yeah, it looks at the minute like we're going to have to get a van door um, installed up at Cottingham at the training ground just to make sure McGuinness gets a little bit of practice. Um, what, what were your thoughts, Alex? It sort of, I know it's it's quite difficult to to maybe digest the week that we've had. Do you think it's such a bad result against Lincoln? Um, honestly, no. Um, I don't think it is. I think if you look at the, let's let's imagine uh, Doncaster lose all their games in hand. Um, then the top the top three my mic there sorry um, the top three would be us Pompey and um, Lincoln or it yeah. certainly has been for the last few weeks um, and we've obviously gone and beat Pompey four uh, nil and we've lost to Lincoln in in the cup but in the league it feels like we've got perhaps that um, mental advantage so. The game, obviously, we we looked more like we was going to score than they did, but still unconvinced. Um, so, ultimately, a point isn't a bad result against Lincoln, but we have to back back that up by beating the likes of Burton. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I suppose it's it's almost a cluster of results that give you that. So, hopefully, we're not we're not going to go into a bit, another dip. We're quite positive on this podcast, and like I said before, we try and look at things. In a, in a reflective manner, which is in a good spirit for the club. And I think it's a good learning curve for those young players that have come into into the squad this season to say, right, look, this is what you can have, ups and downs, and it's up to you now to sort of grab this league by the scruff of the neck and, and bounce back with a couple of wins. So I think we, we mentioned it. If we were offered second, 
at the beginning of the season, you know, February, your second place, we'd say, yeah, yeah, we'll take that for now and we can build on it. So, you know, we need to sort of think about splitting the season into almost mini seasons and little phases of the season and how we can maybe make that that run a, a bit like we speak about when we're in a championship. You need to go on a run to try and get yourselves in, in the in the hunt for promotion. Maybe we can try and get ourselves a run together to get to the top of the league again. But um, any, any can sort I just of... ask you both, John? Yeah? Can I just ask you both? So, we've, in January, it was quite clear that we'd done our business early doors and obviously with a deadline day signing a Max Clark. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you both. We obviously didn't dip in for another striker. So McCann clearly felt on the Alums perhaps felt like we had enough of the club. We recalled Billy Chadwick on loan. Is it time now to put him in the starting eleven? Mm, yeah. Um it's an interesting one because I do like seeing like the more technical players playing. I think because there's been a couple of times when we've been asked about what our lineups would be. But without Eves or McGuinness leading the line, it does get we do sometimes leave ourselves vulnerable to being bullied by some of the the rougher defenses and bigger defenses of the of the league. So Chadwick is, is quite a small frame, but I, I suppose he, he likes to put himself about a little bit. Um, it might be worth him maybe joining up with one of the one of the big guys such as McGuinness and giving him a run. But it was, it was weird to not to see him not come on uh, yesterday. But yeah, he's he's sort of obviously been in form and he's. McCann seems to like him because he's brought him back. So I think it'd be time to see him start, but maybe not at the expense of, of McGuinness. Uh, what are your thoughts, Bobby? I'd say on that one, um, I think starting him, I wouldn't be inclined to do that. But like you say, I'm surprised he didn't get subbed on yesterday. But remember when KLP was kind of being slowly fed into the squad? Um, and obviously last last season, I'm trying to think what year it was. Um, when we drew, it was last season, when we drew um, two all at Charlton last minute um, and KLP came on and, I mean, it, it was his goal, but... Yeah, it was, yeah. Officially, it wasn't. Oh, it got, um, like, dubious goals. But um, basically, what I'm saying is he gained confidence through that experience of being the impact sub. I think we could definitely kind of incorporate Chadwick into being that impact sub, similar to how KLP gained his confidence that way, rather than just throw him into the starting eleven. Yeah, great point. Yeah, good shout, to be fair. I suppose in, in my world, um, Eves is out. McGuinness is obviously, for me, it, people forget that he had a really, really sort of bad spell, bad effects of COVID. And I think to this day, he'll still be affected by it because even though he's back playing, he, he might not be at full fitness. And, you know, a lot of fans are criticising him. He just, he might just be absolutely, when you're tired, that can affect your decision-making, can affect your touch. And it ultimately might be affecting his confidence. But I just think we've, we might have shot ourselves in the foot by not having enough number nine options. So perhaps the option would be to go for Wilkes. Yeah. I think with the with elite sport as well, it's 1% margins, isn't it, all the time? And COVID is, mm. is such a, like I say, we may have had the bad effects, but you know, it might be back to what he calls full fitness now. But the 1%, the, the tiny small margins mean that he's just a little bit off the boil, like you said, sir. Yeah, hopefully he can he can get a bit of a run back uh, sooner rather than later. But it may have been even a way for Gert just you know getting somebody on loan who was maybe out of favour in the championship a little bit like when we got Adelican. Um But yeah, it maybe you know McCann was happy with what we've got. I mean, I certainly really do like our squad this season. So hopefully we can sort of pull together and and, and put a run on. So yeah, um, well that that 
summarises both games. Essentially, um, we'll, we'll talk about the games moving forward shortly after. But what we're going to do now is go into Hull City Alphabet. So one of our uh, really big popular sections of the show. And Alex, we have a, an immen- a tremendous even following from Twitter with the, some of the shouts. But um, what we're going to do today is open up with, with Bobby, if you've got one, uh, who your shout would be for the letter T. Well, the first name that came to my head was Ryan Tapazoli. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a shame to see him to see him go, actually. I quite liked him. Obviously, he's gone gone back up to the Championship. Was it Wickham that he went to? Yeah, he's at Wickham at the moment. But um, I think he's one of them players that when he signed, I was really excited. And obviously, if you went to Tranmere, um, he had a really decent performance then. Um, but he just never really... I mean, it's obviously... It comes as a negative kind of memory when you remember a player in a relegation season. But... Yeah, yeah um, um, he seems to be doing all right at Wickham. Yeah, fair play to him. Fair play to him for, for finding that obviously stepping back up to that level obviously showed enough in that in terms for Wigan uh, for Wickham anyway. Um, I've also gone with a, a centre back. One of uh, it's quite a lot of my shouts over the season have been from this kind of era, um, but one of my all-time favourite City players. He, he managed to make over 129 appearances for the club. And, you know, we were shouting him for England at one point as well with his 12 goals. Um, amazing debut season in the Premier League. Obviously went on, broke my heart, went to Sunderland of all places. But what a fantastic player he was for us. My uh, my shout this week is Michael Turner. Shout. Top, top player. Yeah. Did anybody say any of those, those two, Alex, from, from Twitter, Taffers early or Turner? Yep, so Turner was given by Tiger, Daw and Benedict. And Ryan Taffazoli was mentioned by Benedict also. Nice, well done, Benedict. <laughs> Loyal yeah. follower. Um, I've also got another shout, actually, just because of my last name. And um, he played for Hull City. I remember going to see him when I was like in, in my early days, early memories of City, just because I, I remember him because he had the same last name. But typical of... of a, a whole city striker. He was he was useless, and he only made seven appearances for the club. But it's uh, Dexter Tucker, who went on to play for Gainsborough Trinity and then Selby Town, apparently, according to his Wikipedia. But yeah, Dexter Tucker was another shout. Did anybody mention him? Uh, no. Oh well, there you go. That's a that's a first. Get in. Well done. Well done. You got a pointless answer, John. Yes, but that's the first one of the season. What does yeah. he win? Yeah. Just oh, I don't, but it's never happened before, so <laughs> I, I have, I've got one for you. Oh, my God. You can have a banana. Oh, get in. Yeah. <gasps> Amazing. Make sure to sanitise it before you send it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mate, you can have a banana. You just have to nip in the supermarket and buy one. All right. Okay, no Thank you. <laughs> what were our other top shouts then, Alex, for, for the letter T? Uh, the other top shout was one that I was thinking of. It was Alton Felwell. Yeah. Who, um, who I remember that. scoring a 40-yard screamer. Um, and then they were calling him to play for England, just from that goal. Were we in League 2 and League 1 at the time? Yeah, League 2, I think. But yeah, England. But yeah, he had his injury problems after that. He, he was mentioned by Lee Walker and Benedict. Uh, just on Taffer's early, I remember his... Um, I remember his goal against... Do you remember when he got drubbed by Brentford? Oh, God, and, yeah. And then Tafazzoli, like just played a rubbish ball up and like it missed everyone, including... Oh, the he went viral? 
<laughs> didn't it? Oh my god! I was on a train during that game. I was just watching it on my phone, thinking, "Oh, what a lovely trip!" Because I was in I was in London, which is really annoying that it wasn't away leg. But um, I was watching it on my phone on the way, and I was I thought, "Oh, this is you know, this is really VIP watching football on the train. Like, you know, should be all right." And uh, yeah, I felt like yeah, it was what it wasn't a memorable journey. <laughs> yeah, but at least we'll have that Taffa's early goal to stay in our hearts. But yeah, I'm gonna. Quickly run through the other shouts, John. No, because, um, there was only there was only about nine, nine or ten shouts uh, for the letter yeah. T. So we had Lee Walker said Scott Thompson, Jordan Tyson said Gary Taylor Fletcher, yeah. Mark said Simon Trivet, uh, Tiger Daw also said Steve Terry, Susie R said Mick Tay, Alan Taylor, and Neil uh, inverted commas Tomo. and then Benedict also said Tamori. Who is now on loan at uh, AC Milan, isn't he? From oh. Chelsea. Um, John Terrell from Benedict. Uh, Timon also from Benedict. Uh, and Ian Charlton, just as we went on air, said, he said, came up with a few. Bear with me. Uh, Gwyn Thomas. Bull-headed midfielder Ambler, who refused to wear shin pads, one of Stan Tennant's signings in the early 90s. Oh, well, they've got a bit of a background as well. Lovely. I love Ian Charlton loves this because he's also came up with Les Thompson, uh, left back from the late 80s, early 90s. Love it. And some of, some of them replied with, um, Les's Wikipedia page has some questionable entries, so I'm going to check that out after the show and... See, see, someone's obviously edited his Wikipedia page. Yeah. But there's the shouts for the letter P. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I think as well, um, obviously he never made a sen- senior appearance for us, but uh, a prominent youth academy player, Connor Townsend, obviously has gone on to the Premier League as well. Um, mm. And we're, we're quite blessed in terms of left-backs from Hull, that week. You know, Max Clark and Connor Townsend and Josh Timon. So, yeah, some good shouts there, guys. Thank you very much as well for the Twitter following for contributing as well. So, moving on to the games to come. And we're hoping, of course, this Saturday at the KCOM that, first of all, the groundsmen have been hard at work. And second of all, that we get a nice result and bounce back from uh, one one point in the week. Okay, so MK Dons, and if I'm not mistaken, they are 14th in the table. So, again... Te- a potential banana skin. Um, we'll go to you first, Bobby. What, what are your predictions for the game? What, what sort of game do you think it'll be like? And then if we could even get a, a score prediction, that'd be wonderful. Well, I think, like you say, um, it's one of them where you, you worry about a pocket of negative results. Like We had that already over Christmas. and mm. uh, But after a draw against Lincoln, like you've already mentioned, I know some people you know, obviously wanted more from that game um, after the Burton result. I, I do think it'll be a comfortable win on Saturday. Um, I think, but like like you say, um, it's something that someone mentioned the other week um, is that we are affected a bit by the conditions. I just don't think when it's really bad weather, the, when the pitch is in such a state, we don't really it doesn't work in kind of the, it doesn't work to the way we play because I think we like playing the ball on the ground, and when we're putting in long balls, we're usually not very clinical. Um, yeah. But I just think. Like I mentioned um, about the Lincoln result and the shots without any on target, 
I think it's just about it'll be about how clinical we are. And um, I would be tempted not to start Chadwick, but to definitely bring him on um, as a change to what we did yesterday. Okay, right. Um, and in terms of the Emmanuel and Coyle situation, would you be tempted to throw them both in together again? Um, it's a tricky one. Um, I don't think I, I don't think it didn't work yesterday. Um, yeah, I, I would. I would because obviously MK Dons are you know mid table, but like I say, we can't be complacent. But I think. It definitely held back Lincoln, so I think against MK Dons, I'd definitely try it again. Try it until it fails, really. Yeah, okay, good shout, good shout. Um, Alex, coming to you now. MK Dons, what are you thinking? They've, they've only lost 10 games, we've lost 8 games. Do you think that'll maybe play a factor? They seem to have drawn a fair few, or do you think it'll be bounce back and a comfortable win? Um, I don't think a win's going to be comfortable by any stretch at the minute, Um our front three it just seem like they're not firing at the minute. You know, KLP's had a bit of a dip in form, you might say. McGuinness, like we mentioned, struggling with COVID. Uh, and, of course, Crowley was dropping r- really deep um, in the Lincoln game. So my, my prediction is that he's going to go with Wilkes at the number nine. Yeah. Um, given that we've, you know, games only in three days, I, I think McGuinness just needs to, you know... Come out the team um, and just get his get his fitness back. Um, so I hope he goes with Wilkes at number nine, yeah. KLP and Crowley, and he tells him to get forward. Um, yeah. And he tells Crowley to get get the ball further down the pitch. Because yeah. our, our best player at the minute is Doherty. Um, you know, he's he's the one who's scoring the goal and you know trying something that little different. Yeah. Um, but we we need to take the pressure off him, and I think Wilkes is is probably he's the answer. Because um, he showed some really good scoring form this season, but just on um, on MK Dons, um, their last five games they've scored eleven goals, conceded five. The fourth in the form table, um, and yeah, away they seem to do quite well away as well. So their last um, results, they have um, MK Dons away. They've won three out the last four away. So, like you said, Bobby, a real potential banana skin. And I know we've said that quite about quite a few games recently. We need to we need to not slip up um, against these teams. Was so that fun? Need... <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to relate it. I was trying to think of how to relate it back to giving John the banana as well. Is that the, is that the podcast mascot? I'm like, <laughs> have, have, they, have they got a thing going where they're trying to make banana puns as many as they can yeah. until I pick up? I've got, a bun- I've got a bunch of these in the locker. Oh, no, oh, terrible. Honestly. It's peel away from this now and, and move on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, we do say that quite a lot because we always, we sort of label it typical City, don't we? When they're then, you know, they're doing quite well and they're promising something and then we, we end up losing the game we sell. Typical city, or or we'll get a good run of form going, and then we'll get put on Sky, and then it'll happen. So hopefully, you know, we'll end up getting the, getting the result bounce back ability. I think this side's definitely got that. I, I hear what you're saying about the strikers as well, Alex. And I think you know, obviously, Ben's has mentioned that in that interview with McCann that that Wilkes is having some kind of like family personal um, issues at the minute, and that it's not affecting his play. But obviously, then he's been on the bench, so hoping that he sort of gets. Through this, okay, and it, you know he tries to maybe channel some of that, um, those sorts of issues that he's having into you know putting out some really good performances and trying to take his mind off it a little bit, whatever it is. And um, we, we wish him all the best, and and hoping that we can sort of build on a 
you know, a decent draw with, with the with the league leaders. But yeah, try and get ourselves a good couple of wins going. Moving on from that, then, we're playing Wigan, and obviously they've since our meeting last season have, have suffered some really unlucky fate for them. And um, we're away from home, and they currently lie twenty first in League One. So we'll come to you first on this one, Alex. Uh, what what do you think? Is going to. I mean, we don't really need to look at the home the way when there's a, a lockdown. We could do, I suppose, in terms of the pitch quality. But uh, what are your predictions going into the Wigan game? Yeah, so we've got a fairly good record of capitalising on teams when they're in dire straits. So I remember us playing Bolton um, last season, or maybe the, the season before, um, or a couple of years ago, maybe. And they were in free fall, and we we sort of put four or five past them. So certainly uh, in these games, there's no room for sentiment and we have to capitalise. And I feel like both of these games, I think we I think we need to take six points from these two games because I'm not the sort of person who looks at other teams. Um, I, don't, I don't tend to follow what Doncaster are doing. Obviously, I'm aware of what they're doing, but I'm not closely following them. But they've obviously got the games in hand. And I sort of caught myself last night after our game finished. Um, it came up on my social media that Fleetwood had scored and then they'd scored again. And I sort of was like, I'm trying not to watch. But ultimately, MK Dons and Wigan, six points. Um, got to win them both for me. Now, yeah, not to mention with Doncaster as well. I mean, I have got them in the works uh, pontoon tournament. So I need two more goals for 21 and that would um, that would give me the prize. So if you could lose three uh, two to Sunderland, that'd be great, Donny. Because uh, I do need the two goals, but I also don't want you to obviously overtake us in the table. Uh, and yeah, like I say, we, we do quite well against these teams when they're in a bit of a situation. So hopefully, another three points. Uh, Bobby, what are your feelings going into the Wigan game? Well, firstly, I'm, I really kind of appreciate the kind of, that kind of outlook because that's exactly how I feel. Um, People be complaining or mentioning a oh, Doncaster have a game in hand, even after we win. Sometimes they're like, oh well, Doncaster have got games in hand, and I'm like, but we've won, and you know we've had a good performance. I think we can only focus, and we can only change what whole city players can change on on the pitch. Because, like you say, I don't like to watch other teams. But what you're saying about we we need six points from these two games because the game after that, and this is this isn't focusing on another team because obviously it's relevant to us, it, we play Doncaster. And that is mm. one way you look towards and you think that is a season-defining fixture. Um, so if we can bank these six points, which is more than doable with the squad we have, then we should be fine. And I am confident going into the Wigan game. Obviously, it was a totally different kettle of fish last season. Um, and it was one of them freak results. And it's one that people, some people might have an eye on our fixture just because it's Wigan and Hull. Um, but I, I think it should be an easy win, really. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that would take us nicely, like I say, a little bit of momentum going into that Doncaster game. And you, you make a great point there. We can only really do what we can do and focus on ourselves and, and then let you know, let the others either slip up or, you know, I try and relate it to maybe along the lines of something like golf. You can only do what you're doing uh, and, and let the other people around see what you're doing and maybe capitulate. So, yeah, yeah, some uh, some good insights there. So thank you very much. That takes us to the, the end of our episode. So thank you very much, Bobby, for joining us. It's been great to have you on the podcast. And like, um, like I say, you, you're more than welcome at any point to to come back onto the show and join us again. Thank you. Um, I, I just thought as well, I, I didn't know whether you remembered, but I had, um, you know, the best player with um, 
that had watched play against us. Yeah. Or like best yeah. Players. I just came up with a really random one because it was quite um, a notable game for me because um, I went to it and I got lost in the herm end. But um, probably um, when we played Man City in the Cup, um, the EFL Cup, um, the quarterfinal, and uh, De Bruyne scored two goals late on. Yeah. Yeah, just a random one. But obviously that's when he obviously wasn't as big as he was now. It was 2015, so yeah. Yeah, and turned out to be a really top player. Good shout, good shout. Yeah. Yeah, great shot. And you're in good company there because um, we had Brian Horton on the show um, earlier on in the season. Um, and he, he really rated De Bruyne, didn't he? He loved yeah. him. He loved him. I just wanted to ask talking about Ring City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before we wrap up, John, I was just going to ask you, Bobby, you mentioned your brothers play uh, non-league football. Is that still a thing? Do they still play? Yeah, I mean, it's not like... Um semi-pro level or anything but uh, they used to play for Spurtley Juniors and well it started at Bransburton then Spurtley Juniors they both played Um, had a few cup finals with them followed them in Holland and everything I'm a proper loyal loyal Spurtley fan Mm -hmm. Um, but now because they're twins you see they're two years younger than me so they're 18 Um, and uh, now one plays for Hauntsy Town and one plays for Bransburton men's so yeah they've only just gone into the men's team but yeah, nice. oh, all the best to them. They, uh, when the football gets back up and running again, they have a successful uh, season. Uh, well, co- well, successful career. Cheers! I'll pass it on. I'll give <laughs> <you> a listen. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you all for joining us uh, on this latest episode of Wise Men Say Hull City podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast for more updates. And it's a, a goodbye from me and Alex. Yeah, goodbye from me and thank you for joining us, Bobby. You've been a really good guest and uh, good luck with everything that you're doing and I hope you get back to um, University of, of uh, what is it, UA92? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Hope you the real niche Yeah. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it, yeah. Thank you for right. having me on. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah keep in touch. Yeah, thank we'll you do. And see you next week. Wise only fools rushing And I ain't here Falling in love with you Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.